Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Campfire Conversation Podcast. I'm your host, Cole Kelly. Having worked in the summer camp industry for the past two decades, I'm convinced that summer camp professionals have a unique view on kids and young adults. I am certain that the stories that they've earned by working with and alongside thousands of kids and staff members from literally all over the world can be useful to parents, teachers, coaches, and mentors back home. So each week, I spend some time around the digital campfire with the leaders and thinkers of the summer camp world. We share stories, we laugh, we learn together, which really, when you think about it, is what we've been doing around campfires for as long as campfires have been around. So I hope that you'll spend the next few minutes around this digital campfire with me to see how you can take some of the magic and fun of summer camp and apply it to your life back home. This Campfire Conversation podcast is brought to you by our friends at Scope, who send hundreds of children from financially disadvantaged families to summer camp each year. Kate and I have supported Scope since our first summer in camping 17 years ago, and I'm thrilled they're supportive of this podcast. Stick around to the end of this Campfire Conversation to learn more about Scope, or press pause and head on over to them on the web at scopeusa.org. The conversation you're about to hear is one that has changed how I view summer camp and, to be honest, my life as a whole. It's insightful, it's heartwarming, it's challenging, and it's hopeful all at the same time. Scott Hickok, the director of Camp Southern Ground, was kind enough to give me a tour of their jaw-dropping facility and then spend some time with me around the campfire. Camp Southern Ground is a passion project of Zach Brown, the leader of the Zach Brown Band. And in his passion and in the efforts of Scott and everybody who's working there at Camp Southern Ground, they're showing us how we can all build a more inclusive community and how doing so makes us all better. I hope you'll enjoy this campfire conversation with Scott Hickok. Scott Hickok, welcome to the campfire. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. I'm so happy to have uh, be here. So we're we're on location. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we're we're at your camp, Camp Southern Ground, That's right. um, which is just south of Atlanta. You did not start. You didn't grow up in Fayetteville, Georgia. No. Yeah. So how did you get into camping? Yeah. Um, like most camp people, I took a very wayward way to get to get in the camp industry. So I'm uh, from Phoenix, Arizona, originally. Uh, born and raised, you know, Boy Scout, outdoorsman, all those things. I studied music in college and really camp initially was a way for me to get out of Phoenix during Mm -hmm. the summer. And so I worked summer jobs at camps all over the country and then uh, graduated and I think struggled with that transition like many young people do is I didn't know what I wanted to do um, and sort of stumbled into uh, a really great um, revitalizing camp in California Mm -hmm. um, and Worked there for a few years doing program, doing construction, like like any good <laughs> up and coming camp director, right? I, I laid some really bad tile. I, uh, I you know, I, I painted some probably terrible murals and, and things like that. You learned a lot. That's right. <laughs> we right? learned a lot. I, I mean, honestly, they'll learn to appreciate the people who now, now work yes. underneath me yes. and the, the hard work that goes into all elements of it. Um, yeah. But after a few years, got the opportunity to get my first director job mm-hmm. and um, got to build that program basically from the ground up. To, mm-hmm. to something really successful and um, got to work under a, a great man. His name was Chris Cameron, who was my, my mentor, the executive director there, who mm-hmm. really sort of taught me what it means to be a camp director, introduced me to the camp industry, um, was out there for just about 12 years. And then about a year ago, uh, got the opportunity to come and be involved in Camp Southern Ground and this 
amazing thing that we're, we're building here. That's fantastic. All right, so when talking with you about Southern Ground, it, it, it's a very unique place. Yeah. You know, it's a residential camp. It's literally from the ground up in, yeah. the, in the last two years, three yes. years. Um, but you're serving populations that are different than most kind of your quote unquote residential or day camps are going to, to so tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so, so Camp Southern Ground is um, founded by Zach Brown and the Zach Brown Band, mm -hmm. um, who had this dream of building an inclusive camp. Um, and it's been about six or seven years of building facility and about two years now since we've actually started running program. Mm -hmm. um, and the goal is to create an environment where different communities and populations can come together and learn from one another. Mm -hmm. So we identify inclusion for us right now mm -hmm. as four different communities. So it's, it's typically developing mainstream kids. Okay. Um, it's kids with uh, special needs primarily focused on neurodevelopmental challenges. So autism spectrum, ADHD, sensory processing, any sort of emotional social challenges. Got it. Um, and uh, we're serving kids from underserved areas, uh, big uh, on the west side of Atlanta, which mm -hmm. is sort of, we're 30 minutes south of Atlanta, so mm -hmm. that's um, important to us to serve our sort of local communities. And then uh, military children, specifically Gold Star, Silver Star, White Star, so children who have uh, lost or had a parent who's had a traumatic injury from their service. Mm -hmm. um, we identify each of these populations by their own particular set of needs, and we've mm -hmm. got staff um, and experts who help to meet those communities where they are and mm -hmm. bring them into camp. And then when camp is actually happening, um, that's the whole purpose of it. So everything we do is about exposing kids to people who are different from them. Different in race, religion, mm -hmm. socioeconomic background, ability levels, mm -hmm. um, and helping everyone to sort of grow in empathy, understanding that people who are different have value that's different than yours, mm -hmm. um, but also helping every individual child to come in and recognize their own value. So giving them opportunities to try things they've never tried before, eat foods they've never eaten before, mm -hmm. and sort of understand who they are and how they fit into this very diverse community. Got it. And when you put them in the community, you're very intentional about creating what I believe what you call tribes. Yeah. So your bunk cohort is a tribe. Yes. And it's got children from all those different four quadrants, if you will. Exactly. And so that's, we, um, we didn't want it to be uh, tokenized. We mm -hmm. didn't want, we wanted it to be truly representative of what the world looks like, mm -hmm. um, which is, you know, not, you know, one token race or one token developing kid right. who's different in a group. It's this, you know, mishmash stew of all of those. So, um, so we break the kids up into to bunk groups that we call tribes and mm -hmm. six or seven kids. And hopefully if we're doing our jobs right, we've got representatives from every community in mm -hmm. each of those tribes. So mm -hmm. that the, um, every single child is experiencing the uh, camp journey through people who are just see it in different light than they do. And, yeah. and you know, that's the, that's the experience we want for every kid. Well, it's interesting. We, we talked about this earlier. Dr. Lori Brown, who runs the research at ACA, talks about one of the greatest outcomes of camp is that kids build empathy. They, they get to figure out what it's like to be another person and yeah. get in their shoes a little bit more. You must see a lot of that here. Every day, yeah. Um, and, and not just with the kids, mm -hmm. with the staff. 
um, because we, you know, we specialize some of the staff, so we hire some great uh, experts who help serve our kids with special needs. Mm -hmm. But the bulk of our counselors have limited or no experience working with those kids. And so we have to train them the skills that they need and then to watch them evolve in their empathy. So, um, yeah, empathy has grown within the kids, but Mm -hmm. within the staff and every one of us as well. Um, And I think, you know, a thing we, we didn't talk about while we were touring is the importance in removing technology uh-huh. from the kids, right? right? And yeah. you know what it what it takes to build a friendship in real life, mm-hmm. and how do you connect with someone when you don't have a screen to hide behind in your awkward moments? Right. You know those kind of those kind of things. Um, and so by stripping the kids away from their their phones, and, and we adhere to that real hard. Even the staff members don't carry phones on them when camp's running. Yep. Um, that I think furthers that empathy experience because real people are right in your face. Sure. And, and you can't just sort of hide behind a screen mm-hmm. to avoid people who are maybe different than you or having an uncomfortable interaction. You gotta let the kids have those experiences. Sure, and you're doing that with a ton of support around them, but my, it makes me think, all right, your kids are here for a week. Is that enough time to open up their eyes and to build new friendships? You know, for kids that are coming from very different, if you will, bubbles. Yeah. Um, I hope so. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a part of me, you know, I used to run multi-week camps and, mm-hmm. and I, I'm hoping that as Camp Southern Ground grows, we're, we're going to expand into doing, you know, two week and four week down the line. Mm-hmm. Um, from my experience, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, a week is a, week is a ton of time in, in, <laughs> yeah. the, in the life and the eyes of a child. Right. Know? And it's one of those things too, I, I always try and remind staff is um, you will grow so bonded with your other staff members mm-hmm. because if you think of it in terms of like hours together, how much do you see your friends in real life? Right. Maybe an hour a day, right. you know, four or five hours a week. Well, at camp, you will be with them 16 hours a day <laughs> for 10 straight weeks. Right. You know, you're going to have as much time as what you spent with your best friend over the last four years right. with some of these people. And for the kids, it's the same thing. It's, it's such an immersive experience. Mm-hmm that it doesn't quantify the way it does in real life. And it's special that it's, it's totally away. You know, one of the things we talked about earlier is that I think one of the, the hard parts about building relationships across the, you know, the different kids with different challenges is that it's done mostly in a school environment. Yeah. And there is an expectation to get to from point A to point B in a school environment. Whereas in a camp setting, it's more, hey, we're creating a world here that's ours. We're creating our own bubble and everybody's included. Yeah. And so you can create those relationships much more quickly because it's a more intense experience. Yeah. And, and I think the idea that everyone is here by choice, mm-hmm. you know, compared to a school where everyone has to go to school. Right. And, um, you know, you get to the joy of camp, whatever camp you choose to send your kids to, mm-hmm. is that you're going to choose a camp that fits your values and your purpose for your child. Right. So the kids who come here all know what we're about. Yep. And their parents and their families have chosen to participate in it. Um, and, you know, so that, that experience of, of, being, of being fully immersed and of not having to meet benchmarks like what they have to meet in school mm-hmm. means that we can focus on camp um, in and for the sake of itself. You yep. know, that, that, like, why are we here? To learn about each other. Right. Well, what are we going to do? learn about each other you know yeah. there's no there's no underlying like and also like teach you your times tables it's like no we're just that's all we're here to do it's like yeah maybe we'll shoot some bows and arrows but, right and that's one of those things too that i always tell my staff is like like an archery instructor your job is not to teach kids how to shoot a bow and arrow right mm-hmm. you know that may happen 
Right. Your job is to help kids connect. Right. You know, and the tool with which you do that is archery or the high ropes course or sure. swimming in the pool or whatever we're doing. Um, but the goal is not the thing we do. Right. The thing we do is what helps us reach the goal. And that's, that's where I think we get the opportunity to be different from a school where the goal is get information into the kids and have right. them regurgitate it out to us. Right. We don't have those kind of metrics to meet. It's, it's just in and of itself, what are we here to do as a community? Yeah, what you're saying really reminds me, I don't know if you've heard of a gentleman named Father Greg Boyle. Oh, um, yes. Yeah, yeah. Who runs one of the greatest organizations called Homeboy Industries in, in L.A. You know, he talks a lot about kinship. Yeah. And that is truly, you know, building that connection that we're all in this together. Yep. You know, we all come, you know, like we said earlier, different fingers of the same hand. You know, yeah. we all have different purposes um, and different skills and, and challenges, but it's, we're to be together. Yeah. So you, you've learned a lot. I mean, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> you know, of course, of, of, of camp at, at Ocean Pines, first in California, and now at Southern Ground. What are some of the things that you would tell families back home based on what you've learned working with the different populations here? Um, that in, inclusion is, is valuable in ways that most people don't understand. Mm -hmm. um, it's like for, for us, it's not something we do, uh, and we were speaking about this earlier, uh, it's not something we do out of obligation. Mm -hmm. It's not because we feel like, oh, these poor communities, they just desperately need our help. It's that we understand that we are better when they are here. Yeah. Camp is, is better for everybody involved by having kids who are developing differently, by having kids who'd never be able to afford camp here. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's not a charity project or anything like that. Mm -hmm. it's, it's the understanding that, that we are better through a more diverse community. Um, and I think that's the thing that a lot of people miss when they hear about like a model, like what we're doing at Camp Southern Ground, mm -hmm. um, is that like your typically developing child, mm -hmm. you know, from an affluent family mm -hmm. will have a better experience at this camp mm -hmm. because kids who are different from them are here mm -hmm. and not, not in spite of that. Um, and I think that's where a lot of camps miss the goals of inclusion mm -hmm. and, and can, for good intentions, can do it the wrong way and where a lot of parents misunderstand the, the purpose of it. You know, right. it's not some, some sweet, kind thing that we're doing, bringing these, these kids who are different. Um, it's, no, it's better for us. Sure. Um, but it's only when you sort of open your mind to see it that way um, and you get the platform like what we have here mm -hmm. to be able to actually do it that you sort of see like, oh no, this is a better way to do this. Right. And, and that's sort of, Sort of my, I've, I've always been in the camp industry, a guy who likes to question why we do things the, the way that we do them. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's been the biggest opportunity and learning for me is um, like, oh, this, this is actually better. Yep. This, is, this is a better way of doing camp. Yep. It's, it's better for the experience of every kid involved, for the staff involved, for the, for the families. Um, and, and it's reflective of what life is like in the real world mm -hmm. is that, you know, you're going to meet and interact, work with and partner with people who are fundamentally different from you. Right. And I feel like when we we continue to allow kids to just live in these bubbles that are their their communities, we prevent them from learning really valuable skills for the rest of their lives. And so we we think of camp as the opportunity to have this kind of safe place where we can prove what we truly believe that um, inclusion makes for a better community. Sure. How long does it take the kids from these different, you know, uh, bubbles, if you will, come together in a group? 
how long does it take for their parents to leave? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's like as, as blunt as possible, right? Yep. It's um, when, you, when you remove the adults from their room, yeah. kids become kids. Yeah. And, and with positive and, and well-trained influencers and, and role models there mm -hmm. modeling it, I mean, it's, it's instantaneous, which, which is not to say that there are not conflicts. Right. There are. Um, but it's it's not where people think it's going to be sure um and it's it's so much more honest mm -hmm. than than people will think it's it's going to be you know i i think there was and i had this fear when i started last year having never really run a camp that focused on serving kids with special needs mm -hmm. i was worried that the typically developing kids mm -hmm. would be off put right and and wouldn't want to engage with them um and and instead it's the exact opposite they're instantly interested mm -hmm. they're asking questions the kind of questions that we as adults have been told not to ask right you know like hey why do you do that weird thing with your hands mm -hmm. and it's like all oh. the adults you know covering our faces sure but that's just a sincere question from a child and what's and what's amazing is they will get a sincere answer back you know like oh i just i just like to you know like kids with autism it's really common to do an action they call they call flapping where they sort of just bounce their hands around or do these things yeah and i remember a kid asking that exact question yeah. and, the, and the kid just responded like it just helps me be calm like okay and then they move on they keep yeah. doing whatever and, they're doing but but geez what a model for how communication should look <laughs> between communities that it does not in the adult world right um because we, we set up these barriers for ourselves and kids mm -hmm. don't know them. Right. And so kids just ask, kids just communicate. Yeah, there's um, no hidden agenda. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they, they haven't, you know, I, I mean, there's that, that old saying that, that prejudice is learned. Yeah. And, um, and it's true. You see it the youngest ages, mm -hmm. you see the least amount of it. Mm -hmm. um, the older, the teenage, you start to see mm -hmm. bits of that come out. And, mm -hmm. and we have to, to work hard to sort of, help the kids to, to get over some of those barriers. Um, but, but the truth is the, the problems that, that we have within the community are very rarely about those divides and much more about individuals. You know, you'll have two individuals who just don't get along, but they could be two typically developing kids or two kids from the same community just as easily as their kids from different communities. Um, so it's, it's, it's really about removing the adult and the world influence. And as soon as you take that away and put them all in a safe space, the, the magic just sort of happens. So I, I, the question keeps coming up in my head. I'm sure a lot of people who are listening to this, it's the same one. How do we get our kids in that situation back home? You know, because we can do that here, you know, at, at camps on the ground or at whatever camp that you're at, because yeah. we get to be very intentional with our, our communities. It's much more challenging to do that back home. Yeah. How do you think, how can we create something like that back home? I think it takes intentional effort um, on, on behalf of, of institutions and on behalf of families. Mm -hmm. So I think, um, you know, you have to sort of force yourself to get out of, to get out of your bubble and to give your child um, experiences in, in different areas. I think also the way we talk about it you know, even what I was just saying about how valuable it is to have different communities, that's not a conversation that we have that often. Mm -hmm. You know, when we're talking about building uh, inclusion into schools or even into, you know, more recreational things, your local, you know, uh, sports teams, your rec mm -hmm. sports teams that your kids play on, mm -hmm. um, you hear inclusion being talked about as like, oh, yeah, that's something we should do, you know. 
we really should, yeah, we should make sure that, you know, little Johnny who has a physical disability gets mm -hmm. to play on the soccer team. Mm -hmm. And not, you know, our team would be better if we had some people with different backgrounds and abilities on it. Right. And so the, the way we frame it and the way we talk about it as advocates for inclusion, mm -hmm. I, I think that is where it starts. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then just creating opportunities where intentional inclusion happens. And, mm -hmm. and the truth is, it's hard. You know, we talk about it in, like where it's, where it's actually genuinely hard for me is building out staff. Right. Um, because I, I've made it a goal of mine that I want my staff to reflect the communities of kids we're serving. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to find great summer camp staff who are, um, who are people of color. Right. Because it's not part of their culture and part mm -hmm. of their community. They probably didn't grow up going to camp, so mm -hmm. they don't think about camps for summer jobs. Yep. Um, and so what that means is we have to make an intentional effort to, you know, here in Georgia, like we, we go to the big universities. We go to UGA mm -hmm. and Georgia State to, to market yep. for camp counselors. We also make extra effort to go market at the historically black colleges mm -hmm. um, because we need to go find them where they are. Right. And go out of our way to make sure that they know that we're not tokenizing them, that right. you're a valued part of our community mm -hmm. and we want to go meet you where you are. Um, and so the, the, the truth is it's hard. It's, it takes hard work. Mm -hmm. uh, it takes intentional effort. Um, but I think it really begins with understanding the value of it mm -hmm. um, on a community level and on an individual level that, that we as humans are better the more we understand and empathize with people who are different than us. Um, but, but yeah, it's the, the actual work of it is not easy. It, 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 I, w I wish that I could just be like, we've cracked it. Camp Southern Ground knows how to solve all the world's inclusion problems. Um, but it, it, it takes hard work and I think it takes showing people um, why it's better. Was there a moment or two last summer where the light bulb went off and said, oh, okay, I get it. This is how we should do it differently this time or, or next time? Um, I mean, always, always, <laughs> always, always learning, you know, um, there was, there was one moment where I think I, I recognized the, the true impact of it. So I had this, it was, uh, on, on the Friday we do lunch for all the families. So mm -hmm. we invite everyone to come out and have lunch with us. And we serve this huge family style meal and mm -hmm. let all the families connect. Um, and, and I see this mom and she's sort of sitting by herself and she's, I can tell she's a little teary mm -hmm. and I am convinced that I have ruined this woman's life right, right? Yeah. like uh, yeah. <laughs> and i know she has a she has a a son who has has special needs and i'm mm -hmm. like oh man i i bet i bet we missed it i bet he had a terrible time right and i came up and uh and i was like hey i just wanted to check in on you um and she said um told me a story about how a child a typically developing kid had come up to her and introduced himself to her as her child's friend oh. and she said this it's never happened for for the entire time that he's been alive <laughs> and, and there's, you know, if, and, and if we unpack that a little bit, there's, there's so much that happened in that moment, right? right. Because this, this child with autism has made a connection that even his own mother didn't think he would ever be able to make where he had a friend and that friend also thinks that he's a friend because yeah. that's usually the, right. the challenge for kids with autism. Sure. They think they have friends. Right. The other side. Um, but, but even on the, and, and this is where I think it models out into the world. But there's a typically developing kid who recognized the value in someone who's different from you, mm -hmm. got over the barriers of, of behavior and sort of oddities that he's not used to, made a connection, 
and then acknowledged it. And, and just in the, the, the kind of sincere and authentic way that only a child can. It's just like, oh, hey, yeah, I'm your, I'm your son's friend. You know, he doesn't know right. the weight of that moment for right. that mom. All he knows is, yeah, I made, I made a friend. Right. You know, and he's cool and weird and all of these things and my friend. Um, and so, so that was sort of, for me, a moment where it was like, Oh, this is the good that we do. And I mean good like like right. Mother Teresa good. Right. You know, like yeah. this, this is the ultimate this is good the goodness we put into the world yeah. is um, sort of bridging divides, you know, having um, helping kids with special needs to connect and mm -hmm. make friends and those skills that those parents desperately want them to have. Mm -hmm. But also showing typically developing kids that, you know, these kids who are different than you have value if they're just given the opportunity to show it. Right. Um, you know, and, and that's, you know, like a thing I always talk about is my, my hope for like what we do here, how does it go into the world? Mm -hmm. And I always picture those two kids say 10 or 15 years from now. And maybe the, the typically developing kid is a hiring manager somewhere mm -hmm. and he's willing to take a chance to interview someone who's, you know, maybe got autism or, or developing right. because of what he learned at camp. Right. And then there's, someone sitting across from him who had the bravery to put himself out there and go apply for a job and go do something mm -hmm. because of the social skills with typical kids that he learned at camp. Right. And so that's the sort of, how does what we do impact the world? Mm -hmm. It's by creating the opportunity for those moments. Sure. People who are willing to take chances and do things that had they not had this experience and exposure at camp, they never would have done. And you never know where those ripples are going to go. I mean, that's the great thing about it is, you know, just like that young boy had no idea the weight of the moment for the mom, yeah. you know, that mom's life brightened up because all of a sudden now it opened up the world. It's like my son can't make friends. Yeah. You know, it just has to be the right environment yep. in which to do it. I mean, you're going to live off of that for a long time. Yeah. No. And, and they become ambassadors mm. for this idea that we have, you mm -hmm. know, cause that's a mom who will now go back to her bubble. Sure and start to pop it from the inside. Right. You know, yep. start to, those, those, those things that we all get caught up in of just, well, this is just who I am and this mm -hmm. is just who I are and these are my limitations. And now she can go into that special needs community that, that her son, you know, lives and socializes in and be like, hey, no, like my son made a friend. Right. Who is a typically developing kid. All right, so a lot of camp people listen to this and a lot of us always want to, we love the idea of, of bringing and becoming more inclusive. Yeah. What would you say are some of the things that people can do right now, whether it's you're a teacher in your classroom, whether you're a parent in your home, whether you're a you know, camp professional trying to, to create something at camp, what would you say to them to create you know, a more inclusive environment for their, wherever they are? Yeah, I think it starts with focusing on what you can do instead of what you can't do, ah. um, which is, is for camp people and for teachers is one of the hardest things because we're, we're just constantly confronted with what we can't do. Right. And, and we tend to be dreamers. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure there are, you know, tons of other camp directors who listen to this and be like, yeah, I want to build that kind of camp too. Right. And, um, you know, we're fortunate to have uh, a great organization with lots of resources that enables us to sort of leapfrog ahead. Mm -hmm. But I think it starts with what can you do, mm -hmm. you know? Um, can you accept a few kids with, uh, you know, with developmental differences? Mm -hmm. um, can you build an outreach program that, that goes in and, and connects with kids who'd never be able to, to afford camp? Um, and 
anything you can do is better than just being you know deflated by all the things you can't do right. so it, and to be true to who you are especially for camps mm-hmm. um you know if you are a, a you know a, a junior olympics camp mm-hmm. then an inclusive model that that serves kids with physical disabilities is not going to be true to who you are. Right. You know, that's going to be a huge, huge challenge. Right. That's probably not the best place to start with, well, what can I do? Mm -hmm. Um, But especially if you're a typical residential camp, Mm -hmm. I think most of them would be surprised at how easy a small level of inclusion is. Mm -hmm. And I think if, you know, a a camp that serves 100 to 200 kids brought in four or five kids per session Mm -hmm. who were just a little different Mm -hmm. and learn lessons through the process and figure it out, I think that they would all be shocked at how much more benefit they get to their camp versus the challenges. And and to be clear, the challenges are real. Right. It is, it is, it's hard work Mm -hmm. and it's, it's different, and, mm-hmm. and we always say that different is not better or worse, it's just different. Yep. But different is still new, you know? It's still hard. <laughs> um, and so there are, there are lots of, of challenges and problems with it, but the benefits just vastly outweigh um, the, the challenges that are involved. So, so I would say start by focusing on what you can do mm-hmm. versus what you can't do. Start small. Mm-hmm. You know, um, change is built by, you know, 10,000 people putting one brick in the wall. Right. Not one person getting right. 10,000 bricks together and doing it all themselves. Sure. Um, so I think it's, it, and it's wherever we can demonstrate the value of it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, if, it's a, if it's a camp that's considering it and they're, they're on the, well, our donors really want us to do this or they really wanted to do it, don't do it. Right. Don't, don't do it out of obligation. Yep. Um, because because all you will feel is the is the pain and the challenge of it. Yeah. But if you're inspired by the idea, if you're motivated by it, if you believe that they're going to bring value, you are going to get so much value out of having these differences in your population. Yeah, and I think it's it's so important the idea of starting small. You know, we all want to go out and save the world, but yeah. that's a very difficult thing. The world's a very big place, mm-hmm. and we're very small yeah. uh, relative to the world. But if we do our job in our little area, if, if we can make one change, you know, in our house, in our yeah. classroom, in our this one bunk, you know, and then it spreads from there, again, those ripples are enormous. I would imagine that your staff, who I know are mostly kind of in their 20s, I yeah. would imagine, come out of here very different people Yes. than when they show up. What, what are the changes that you see? Uh, empathy, I mean, is just, is just the biggest. Um, in, and, and especially, um, like most of our staff are, are, I mean, we get staff internationally and all over the country and stuff, but the bulk of them are from here in the Southeast, mm-hmm. which I, I think can be a bubble Yep. in and of itself, yep. um, even more than other parts of the country. So just this kind of wide-eyed view of how big the world is mm-hmm. and how different and diverse people are. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, this happens at any camp, but especially here, the, I feel like I, they come in as babies and walk out as adults, <laughs> you know? Yeah, totally. And it's, it's one of those things, and I know all camp directors fight with this about like, how do we get staff to, you know, work at summer versus doing that internship or mm-hmm. something like this. And it's like, man, if you want to see a teenager turn into an adult, yeah. you know, send, them to, send them to a camp, right? especially send them to a camp where they're serving people who have bigger challenges than they have. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because that that humbling aspect of it you know and it, it, here we see it all the time whether it's you know the veterans programs we do during the year where I watch guys with uh, you know like a guy who's a triple amputee climbs up our high ropes course with one arm and it's like well now I feel bad for all the times I thought it was difficult <laughs> climbing up the high ropes course <laughs> it right? sets your expectations at a different place gives yeah. you better context yeah or you know for our staff here watching you know a, a, a child who just is not naturally gifted in being social mm -hmm. fight through how challenging that is mm -hmm. I think that sends them back to their university mm -hmm. with a different context on how difficult social situations can be yeah. you know like hey maybe it's not so hard to put myself out there and join that club or that sports team or you know like I mean if 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 this kid who's struggling in this way can mm -hmm. go to camp and make a friend yeah I think I can make a new friend on too. my campus or something like that so I think that, you know, ev that idea of everyone is fighting a, a, their own battle mm -hmm. and usually a bigger battle than you are, mm -hmm. that lesson gets learned very deeply here at camp. So I imagine, I mean, the, the amount of lessons that you gained just in the last 18 months are, are incredible. What are some of the, the books or some of the podcasts or some of the organizations that you've gone to to really learn about Asperger's or learn about underserved communities or learn about building empathy? Mm. Are there any resources that you could tell me that you've really yeah. enjoyed? Um, I mean, tons of them. Um, there's uh, there's a, a great um, national project called uh, the Inclusion Project, um, mm -hmm. and they provide um, like resources for camps and educational institutes about how to build in inclusion programs. Mm -hmm. um, there's, uh, oh geez, what's it called? Let's, Let's Play Together, okay. which is a um, series of uh, recreational resources. Mm -hmm. Basically, it's, it's, it's just, that's where I started, was poking around in all of these great developed inclusion sort of things about, okay, here's a way you could take this activity and make it more inclusive. Mm -hmm. and, for me, it was really about understanding what are the nuts and bolts of how you do that. Sure. So how do I take a camp activity, mm -hmm. dissect it down to its essential elements, mm -hmm. and then rebuild it in a way that anyone is able to, to access it? Um, and so it was, you know, sitting down with every single activity. Okay, how do we how do we rethink what archery is? Right. And every camp does archery. Right. And we mostly just do it the same way. You know, there's there's an instructor. I give you a safety orientation. You practice a few times. You right. critique. You perfect. But man, if you break that all the way down to its core components, you learn a lot about it. Mm -hmm. um, so I've learned more about camp through having to challenge myself into not making any assumptions about just doing it the way we do it, yeah. right? It's, no, we don't do anything just the way. We question every single activity. How do we make sure that all of our different communities are gonna be able to in, engage with this? Um, and and for especially for serving the special needs side, getting out and spending time with those communities. Um, we have a great partnership with Autism Speaks, mm -hmm. um, and uh, I've spent a lot of time uh, with that organization just talking about what resources they can provide for us. And the cool thing is, any of these organizations, if you reach out and say you want to build an inclusion program, yeah. they will throw so many resources <laughs> at because they're desperate right. for um, kids kids to have these opportunities. So mm -hmm. they want to support. I mean, they will send you volunteer staff. They will give you activity write-ups, awesome. um, what, whatever you need. It literally just takes the, the outreach to start. Um, and But I think the biggest learning lesson has been from the families that we serve mm -hmm. and understanding 
um, their needs and their concerns. You know, uh, parents of kids with special needs are fighters. Mm-hmm. Oh man, they are because they have to fight for everything in their kids' lives. Right. Um, and they know how to talk about their kids' uh, uh, abilities and challenges um, in a way that no clinician or support organization or anything does. Mm-hmm. So I think the the biggest first step for say a camp director is like find some some parents who have kids with special needs in your area and just bring them out to your camp yep you know hey i want to talk to you about what we do here and mm-hmm. i want to learn more about your child and we're trying to figure out if someday we could serve kids like yours right and that is that is the best place to start when i say the other thing we talked about earlier was you know you bring a lot of children out of the western side of atlanta yeah. which is a, a relatively very poor area and how you have to go out and actually help prepare those families for those kids to come to camp. Yeah. And that's something that, you know, like at, at our camp, we, we bring in a number of kids that really can't afford to camp. It's not a, a huge number, yeah. but it's enough to where we have the experience saying, all right, well, we have to make sure they have the shirts. Yep. We have to make sure they have, can get all the stuff off the packing list. How do they get their bags here? What kind of bags are they using? I mean, there, there are levels of questions that you begin to think, I, I assume so much because I come from my experience yeah. where this is not their experience yeah. and we have to help them through that process. Yeah. No. And, um, you know, the, the kids from, from some of these communities, you know, the, the furthest sometimes they've ever traveled is maybe 10 or 20 miles. Right. You know? Um, and so the idea of going to camp, uh, is unfathomable to mm-hmm. a lot of them, you mm-hmm. know? And so that was the issue we ran into last year was they don't know us. They don't trust us, right. you know? Um, and these are very insular communities mm-hmm. that, that want to keep everybody safe, right. you know? Because um, their kids are not always safe right. where they are. Um, and so we sort of have taken the model of we are relationship building with mm-hmm. these communities. So mm-hmm. we have staff members who are down there doing events. Mm-hmm. We're partnering with the, the local nonprofits so that like our, um, uh, Stan Tucker who's our outreach director, um, the people in these communities know him, you know? He has his own uh, nonprofit program that goes to um, uh, impoverished schools and does literacy programs. Mm -hmm. So he gives free books to these kids. So when we then go out and say like, hey, we've identified your child as, you know, we'd like to give them a scholarship to camp. They know us, they trust us, they understand who we are. So they're willing to make that leap. And then like you said, then we do the extra work of making sure, um, you know, do you have transportation to camp? Mm Because if you don't, We'll pick you up and we'll get you here. Right. Do you have everything that's on the packing list? Right. Um, you know, like, uh, just is your child prepared for this experience? We send them packets of like, this is, you know, specific to that community. Mm-hmm. These are things that you need to, um, you know, give to your child in advance so that they're going to come into camp ready to have a successful experience. Um, it's, it's, a, it's about whatever community we're serving, whether it's special needs mm-hmm. or underserved families or military families. Mm-hmm. It's about figuring out what are the needs that are specific to that community mm-hmm. um, and solving them instead of just trying to throw money at it. Right. Um, because if you just give scholarships to families who can't afford it, half the time they're not even gonna show up. Right. Um, because they don't value it. Right. They don't feel invested in. So mm-hmm. I want every child who comes here to camp to feel as valued as a full paying customer. Right. So um, we think of every kid as um, needing the exact same level of uh, of service and attention, and mm-hmm. sometimes even more so. There, right. are, there are definitely times 
man, and don't tell my full paying parents this, where <laughs> the full paying parents are probably getting the least amount of resources of everybody who's coming. Mm -hmm. um, because we believe in equity instead of equality, sure. about giving every kid what they need to be successful at camp. Mm -hmm. So if you're a socially adept, you know, if you are the 12 year old quarterback, <laughs> yeah. socially capable kid, you don't need that much to be successful at camp. Right, right. You're, you're set up, man. Yeah, you right. are gonna have a great experience with very little of my assistance. You're gonna right. love all the activities, you're gonna make great friends. Uh, but if you're a child with autism, you probably need a little more support. Yeah. If you've never been more than 10 miles away from home, you're gonna be a little nervous. You're gonna be a little homesick. You need a little more support. Um, so we try and meet all our communities where they're at and make sure that every kid has a full successful experience. Yeah, it makes me think bright lights don't need spotlights. That's it. Yeah, you're yeah. already shining. Now bring other people along with you. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, Scott, this has been fantastic. It's, I'm so happy to have you out here. It's, it's always cool to get to, uh, to show off this place, and, and I love talking camp, man, so thanks for having yeah, me on. So do I. Well, the neat thing about what you, you've been describing to me is that the facility you have at Southern Ground is, is incredible. But when you get down to it, it's about the kids and it's about the relationships that you build. And it really doesn't matter where you are. And yeah. I don't want to denigrate at all. I think the facility you all have created here is going to create an environment in which those relationships are formed so quickly. Yeah. And any camp, any school, any home can create those types of relationships and, and commitments and communities and kinship if they put the time and effort into it. Yeah. It's, I mean, what I'll tell you is, uh, yeah, I mean, we've got some of the most outstanding facilities at, at any camp. Um, I don't get any feedback from the parents about the facilities. <laughs> really? You know? I mean, food. We have, we have a very specific nutrition plan and those, right. those kind of things. We get sure. lots of feedback about the food. Right. But no one's writing home saying, like, oh, the residential lodge was amazing. Right. No, they're, they're writing us and saying, like, you know, the staff were so compassionate and empathetic mm -hmm. and they, they met my child where they were at. Or, you know, my child uh, loved getting to meet people who were different than them. You know, that's some of my favorite feedback is from... Uh, parents of typically developing kids saying how much their kids enjoyed mm -hmm. meeting kids who are different from them and learning yeah. about them. And so the, the model that we're building here is, you know, a lot of people see the, the flash and the sort mm -hmm. of everything uh, about the, the facilities and the investment. Um, it's, it's repeatable without the facilities and the investment. Absolutely. It's, it's an idea more than it is a place. Mm -hmm. um, and the biggest heart is people. You know, we talk all the time about how this organization doesn't exist and do what it does mm -hmm. if not for the big hearts of the, the people who are involved and the mm -hmm. people who, um, you know, come support. to experience what we have and support yeah. us. Um, but the, the model and the idea that we're building out, I mean, it, it could be 50 kids in a parking lot playing kickball right. as easily as it, it could be this, you know, uh, huge, amazing camp. Um, so it's, it's really just that idea of, how do we value and honor people? How do we meet people where they're at? Mm -hmm. and, and how do we create opportunities for people to learn from each other? That's awesome. Yeah. If people want to learn more about what you guys are doing, where, where should they go? Uh, CampSouthernGround.org. Mm -hmm. um, they can learn about our, our summer programs, our military programs, um, but especially for uh, camp people or camp directors, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, you can reach out to me, uh, mm -hmm. Scott, at CampSouthernGround.org. I, I love having other camp directors come out and just see what we're doing and, and talk about us and everything. So, uh, yeah, reach out. Awesome. Yeah. Fantastic. Scott, thanks so much. Thanks. Appreciate it, bud. Yeah. Great to, be, great to be here. A recent experience at our oldest son's new school made me think about my conversation with Scott. A teacher in one of the classes required that students pair up to give a presentation. New to the school, my son was not really sure who to pair up with, 
until a student with autism asked to partner up with him. He accepted and spent a bunch of time with someone that he wouldn't normally be around. I won't speak for my son, but I can tell you as a 14-year-old, I know I wouldn't have been uh, so happy about that situation. Thankfully, I know he's learned a lot from his counselors and mentors and and friends, to be honest, at, at summer camp. And he learned that everyone is different and of equal worth. They wound up partnering and, and did very well together, and it, it changed how my son sees school and the people around him. We need more of this inclusion, not less. Parents, we need to seek it out more in our lives. We, we need to pop the bubble that we live in, whichever one that might be, and spend some time with people who are different than us. When you get down to the base fact, we humans are all about 99.5 or 99.9, something like that, alike from a genetic standpoint. And we all share this earth together. Rather than using our, our differences as a way to repel one another, we should be celebrating those differences because, as Scott would remind us, these differences make us better. Thank you, Scott, for challenging us in all the right ways. And thank you to you for spending some time around the campfire with us. There are lots of links in the show notes for this episode at campfireconversation.com. And if you enjoyed this or other shows, I'd be grateful if you'd leave a review on iTunes or whichever platform you're using to listen. And I hope you'll spread the word. Our campfire circle is an inclusive one. Finally, if you'd like to join the conversation, please visit our Facebook page at facebook.com slash campfireconversation. Until we speak again, have a grateful week. Thanks again to our friends at Scope for sponsoring the Campfire Conversation podcast. Scope stands for Summer Camp Opportunities Promote Education. They provide children from underserved communities with life-changing opportunities through the experience of summer camp. Scope campers benefit from a positive, safe, and healthy environment led by excellent role models who give them the chance to develop their full potential. We both believe that summer camp reinforces what children learn in school and enhances overall academic learning. If you would like to help give some wonderful children a life-changing experience, I hope you'll join me in supporting SCOPE. You can find them online at scopeusa.org and on social media at support SCOPE.